A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Casey Gillette. I think that's the best uh, best welcome I've ever gotten. Ooh, thank you very much. <laughs> well, I've been waiting a year and a half to do that because we met in New York um, and had a quick chat. And I believe I said to you, "Ooh, you have to come on the podcast." And I've been very what would what the word be remit. Not to have got you on the podcast before, and I do apologize. Well, I just can't even believe that it's been a year and a half. So, you know, we were just saying, like, you know, we when you said it's been 18 months, like, that feels like yesterday. Um, but I've been counting. Yeah, yeah, I got a chalkboard on the back, marking each month. <laughs> Days since Matt Casey Gillette. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. I, I, unfortunately, it's not far from the truth, but... That's going to get creepy, so we won't go down that little path. Anyway, uh, we start off really quickly with your brand SERP. I had a look at your brand SERP, and I was very intrigued because I thought you didn't have personal site, but in fact, you do. Uh, and in the US, you really have nailed it. You're number one. You've got those tweets, and I do like the, the um, Charlie Brown cartoon. <laughs> then you've got your about page. Then you've got your company page. So basically, yeah. anybody who searches your name gets just you. Well, I mean, you know, my my personal site, you know, if you will, I bought that domain years and years ago for that exact reason. Um, you know, so that I could at least have some control over what my name said. It also helps that there's very few people who have my name spelled the same way. Um, oh, okay. But, you know, my personal site, I really don't do much with it. I'll post like where I'm speaking or if like a new like like a webinar went up or something like that. But um yeah, I mean, I remember like starting out, there were some, yeah, back in the day when like MySpace was a thing. Like, yeah, uh, like your pictures on, like my pictures from MySpace would be on like my branded SERP. And I was like, this might not be the approach that I want to take here. So we should do something about this. Yeah. So, I mean, you were actually way ahead of me because you were looking at this kind of in the in the noughties as it were, um, and, and building up your, your brand SERP and taking care of what people see when they search your name. It's now my big thing, and I go on and on about it to the point of boredom for everybody else, I'm sure. Um, but in fact, what I, what I wanted to show there, and the reason I kept it so simple, is that dominating your own brand SERP, it, you have a fairly unusual name, but even whatever the situation, having an entity home, which is a site you own, that talks about you, that you control, is step number one. And once you have that, Google really wants to put it at the top if the person, it thinks the person is looking for you. Yep. And it's actually incredibly simple. Sorry to belittle your years and years of work <laughs> on this, but. I, I, you I, know, I had this big strategy. It's really, really making me feel bad about it, Jason. Sorry. <laughs> and that's the point is basically you have to start and you need to start with a website that you own and Google will tend to privilege that because that's what people are looking for. They're looking yeah. for information from the entity they've actually searched for, in this case, Casey Gillette. So I thought it was a lesson in simplicity, beauty, right. perseverance, and a forethought. <laughs> that's right. That's right, a forethought. That's really what it comes down to. Like, oh, I should do this. Brilliant. Oh, lovely to meet you. Anyway, again, uh, a second time. And today we're not talking about your brand, sir. We're going to talk about content marketing and the customer experience, which I know absolutely nothing about. And you're going to teach me. So you were saying, basically, and this is my point of starting, is with technology, we think that all of this should be easy and that we can yeah. use technology to leverage everything and get everything right. And we don't actually have to bother doing any work. 
Well, from both sides. So like the way I think about it is with technology, I think as individuals, we think we have more power than we than we should, but we kind of do, right? We, we do in that sense. Like, and the reason I get so excited about the customer, I've been talking about this for a couple of years now, people are probably like, okay, Case, we get it. But it, it's still just, I, I still don't think people are adapting to it as quickly as we can. And it's this idea that as digital marketers, like our jobs are harder than ever because users have more power and, and more, um, that more voice because of the technology that's there, because of social networks, because of platforms like Google, uh, you know, Google, but your Google business page, Facebook, Yelp, whatever it is. Um, and people aren't afraid to be jerks and speak out and whether it's right or wrong, um, you know, as, as marketers, it changes the game for us a little bit in how we approach marketing our business and making sure that we're giving customers a better experience. Yeah, no, sorry, excuse me, I, I, I do interrupt quite a lot, but that also makes me think that that kind of is that kind of balance thing is that as marketers, we think, oh, we've got all this power with the data that we can understand and we can actually funnel people where we want them to go. But at the same time, they've got this amazing pushback, which is voice. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, when we think about, you know, the example that I always use that, I, that I've used for a while and, and it still applies is think about like a travel serp, right? If you're a hotel, if you are a customer, like if I'm going on a trip, right? Like you, you just told me, you, you know, you were traveling the world. That's what you do. Like you stay in Airbnbs and hotels and whatever it is. Yeah. Well, when you're looking for a specific hotel in a location, it's not hotels that are on the SERP. It's your, it's your review sites, right? It, it's your trip advisors yeah. and your Airbnbs and places like that, which are based on reviews. So if people aren't having a great experience at your hotel, that's going to be pretty clear right off and you're not going to get the business that you need. So, I mean, hotels would be an example of uh, an industry that is being forced to get this faster than most other industries, SaaS platforms as well, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you think about that because... Even in the B2B world, like I work in the B2B space with a lot of tech yeah. um, and there's these sites now like G2 Crowd, right? Like in the Capteras of the world, where when you are looking for a specific technology, it's these review sites that are showing up. So if your customers aren't happy with what you're doing and they're, le excuse me, they're leaving those reviews, well, guess what? That's what people are seeing. Um, we also know that people are doing more research than ever before they're even coming to your website and filling out a form or contacting you. So, oh, yeah, yeah. go. Ooh, no, Barnaby Winter <laughs> was on here. He, he he did the delightful thing of saying 72% of customers that's have already right. decided. I and mean, it's 72. <laughs> You're just going, that's too yeah. specific, Barnaby. It can't be true. No, exactly, 72. Um, that's interesting. I always had like the 70% number in my mind. So maybe it's gone off. But the point is, he did some great marking there because he got me to remember the number by being incredibly specific. And that I is went, a good point. So 70%, I would have gone, yeah, all right, fair enough. But 72, yeah, sure. you don't. Sorry, you can't be ahead. lying. It's very specific. <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, it could be 72, it could be 68, it yeah. could be 70. But I mean, 72% of people yeah. have already decided because they've already seen exactly. your, your company. Yeah. But he did make the very uh, good point, I thought, is that we tend to re-explain everything from A to Z. And yeah. most people already know. <laughs> Never, <laughs> Never forget Q, says Anton. <laughs> most people already know the A to P or yeah. Q 
that must be about 72 percent of the alphabet yeah that's about it yeah (laughs) i'm 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 thinking too much (laughs) somebody's going to calculate it tell me i'm wrong and they only need the q to z yeah right that's a new sentence isn't it yeah customers visiting your site only need need the q to z yeah my next presentation i'm ripping you off there Um, But I mean, you do, but you do, I mean, you need that information, but you need to make sure that information is out there. I mean, you still need the A to B, you know, whatever it is, Um, but how you're presenting that is different. But the whole point is that, you know, you have to make sure that, you know, what customers are finding about you is what you want them to be finding, right? That you're answering their questions. And so that's kind of where this whole idea of like search and the customer experience came about for me was like when we're thinking about content specifically, like making sure you're giving customers what they want is so important, right? Like, I mean, and the cool thing, so then we go to that technology side of, you know, we have the tools at our disposal and we have Mm. the data and now we can go and see, well, here's what they're looking for and here's my demographic and, and here's the type of information that I don't have on my site and here's what my competitors are saying. And yeah. now you have a strategy that's actually geared toward your customer. Right. Oh, oh and talking of technology, I mean, I'm, I'm building out CaliCube Pro, my super-duper SaaS platform, and you were mentioning uh, Captair and G2. And what I'm yeah. doing is segmenting by entity type, i.e. SaaS software company, person, music group, yep. uh, music company even, and then saying, within your industry, these are the sites that tend to rank on brand SERPs, which means that they're terribly important to Google, but also important to your audience. Mm-hmm. And G2 and CapTower come up all the time on SaaS platform uh, brand SERPs. I mean, and in different industries, the, the ones that dominate are very different. Yeah, yeah, they are. And so that's why it's important to pay attention to, you know, when you're thinking about like your keyword strategy and you're thinking about how are people searching for your product, you need to know what's there, right? You need to know yeah. what's on that SERP. And, you know, I've had conversations with clients about like, you know, they're they're in Captera, for example, but you know, what they have there isn't necessarily like they don't really have a ton there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, those places do like pay to play. And in some cases, if if that's a pretty well-known site, like it's worth doing like a small syndication campaign or a small campaign just to test it out. So, you know, even thinking about how like the paid side goes into your organic side from that perspective. Yeah, don't, don't companies kind of feel, oh, I'm being ripped off because I'm paying CapTair and I shouldn't have to? I'm paying Google and I shouldn't have to. Very good point. <laughs> there you go. That, that nailed it in a very short phrase. Um, so, but uh, I, I can't remember. Oh, the technology side of things. Is, is there a tendency for us to get drowned in technology where we think, I've got all this information, and we forget to just look at the SERP? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And and it's a balance there. So, you know, I have clients who like, we do this, we do this exercise with them where we're saying, like, here's the type of information you don't have on your site, right? These are the questions that people are asking, like, and we get a lot of, um, well, that's too basic, right? Like my, my customers wouldn't ask that. But when I go and put that keyword in that you're telling me that is really important to you, and that we know people are searching for, these are the ty- these are the questions that are being that are in that search result, right? Like these are the answers. This is the content that you have to have, um, because you know what we're seeing is that for broader keywords, it's so informational, right? Like there's so much mm-hmm. informational content on there that sometimes you have to have that higher level, like top of the funnel content to make sure you're ranking. Um, and so then there's that pushback of okay, well my customers don't need this, but it's like 
yeah, they, yeah, they do. <laughs> like, but you can also take them down the funnel from there once they're in. But yes, to your point, you need to know what's in the search results to actually show up on the search results. Yeah. Well, and you also need it's to know crazy, what you're. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you also need to know what you're aiming for because a lot of people still think yeah. in terms of blue links, and you're saying, well, actually, yeah. there's people also ask. There's video boxes. There's yeah. Twitter boxes. There's knowledge panels. There's entity yeah. boxes. Um, and brands often overlook that. I mean, people also ask what you're talking about. Seems to me to be the the, the, the core of that. It's now so prevalent, yeah, and so well, easy to yeah. find out what your audience are looking for. Go ahead, sorry. It, it, no, no, no. You're right. It is, and like the knowledge graphs that you mentioned, like the featured snippets, like you know those direct answers. That had that became a core part of our strategy a couple years ago. Um, mm. and, you know, I remember there was the the big debate of, well, you know, is Google stealing your traffic? Whatever, like. Maybe they are, but we're getting a ton of traffic from those featured snippets. So we're going to keep targeting them. <laughs> like, you know, you can see like with the people also ask boxes. Mm. Yeah, like you can start to see like what other questions are coming up and even related queries, right? Like that's how we've always done keyword research is looking at the mm. related searches. Like what are the things that are out there? Yeah, and then people also ask is just an easy way to find the related yeah. queries. I mean, it's Google giving us what, we need to do in order to yeah. actually please our customers. And and if we come back to that thing of like the no-click SERP and, and Google stealing our traffic and all of that kind of debate, kind of part of it you're saying, yeah, okay, they, they've taken away something we thought was ours, but in fact, it's still Google's users and they're sending their users if they want to, but they don't have to because they're their users, not ours. They're our audience, but they're not our users, which sorry, that sounds like I'm being a bit of a, a teacher giving a lesson there. Um, but they've also given us so much more information about those users that we can leverage to actually make better use of the time we have with them. It sounds like divorced parents with their kids. <laughs> it make more use of the time we have with them when they do get family to that time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, sorry. That that that's kind of my thought process now is that in that customer experience can be better served because we have the technology, we have the data, and Google's giving it to us. Yeah, it, they are. I mean, they really are. And, you know, there's tons of tools that are giving it to us, right? Like, you know, we use like Uber Suggest and we use, you know, there's Answer the Public and there's Storybase. And I could go on and on and on about these questions or these tools that are yeah. pulling like queries. Um, and at the end of the day, like it's understanding what is actually like, what are your, what's showing up in the search results and and why, Right? Because if you understand why they're there, you understand the intent of that search and you understand what it is your customers are actually looking for. Um, so, yeah, I think like Google does make it easier in that sense. Now, for people, it's harder because then you have to go and create something that's worth being there. Right. Like you have to create something yeah. that's a little better. Um, but you at least it points you in that direction. Like there's no. It's not really magic. <laughs> Well, it, it's understanding your, your your audience, and I think a lot of companies fail to understand their audience. I mean, and WordLift, who I, I work with a great deal on on my knowledge panelist stuff, who deal with entities and semantic like SEO and all that stuff, are using Google Suggest to see what entities Google is linking together in its brain, mm -hmm. and it would tend, or Andrea Volpini would argue that it's putting these entities together because people are searching for them together. Which right. once again gives us Im immense audience insight, and they're trying right. to leverage that as AI-generated content. But I would suggest that you know we need also to be a little bit human and add that kind of uh, human aspect where we yeah. understand our audience and show our audience we understand them. 
Yeah. I mean, that human element is so important. And, you know, one of the things I've talked about that like has nothing to do with like content or or writing is like when you're thinking about like the customer experience and as a marketer, like there's companies. So like I ordered, you know, I have a bit of an Amazon problem, (laughs) Um, but you know, a lot of times what you get from those companies is it might be a small business that you're actually ordering from. And what they then send you is an email saying like, Hey, can you review this? We're a small business. Like it's really important to us. But in some cases, what I've gotten is separate like handwritten notes with my products Mm -hmm. that say, Hey, we're a small business. Thank you for ordering. Like, if you could leave a review, it'd be really appreciated. Well, that goes a long way because now, like I've talked about you in presentations, I've linked to your website, um, you know, I'm leaving you a review. Well, all these things are going to help your marketing and your visibility on search, whether it's in Google search, whether it's on Amazon search, whatever it is, all by doing those small things that make me as the customer happy. Right? So we don't and always would, think about that as digital marketers. N- no, and, and would you now say that's part of content marketing and that a content marketer needs to include that part? I absolutely think it, it, it's part of content marketing. Uh, what's listening? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I absolutely do. And um, there's another example that I used like a couple years ago, like, you know, direct mail. Like, like you get direct mail, Ooh. you're like, whatever, right? Like, uh, but like, it's content. You, it's you. But so, HeroComp had sent out. Oh, you mean mailer. direct email? No, like actual mail. I was going like to say, yeah, I never mail. get any. Anybody who yeah. sends me a letter these days gets special <laughs> attention, and I, I wave it around all day long. And everyone exactly. Goes, I got a letter. Yeah, wow. look at I got a real mail. It's not a bill. <laughs> Check this out. <laughs> um, but HeroComp sent out these little, um, just little mailers. And in it, you you opened it, it was a video. And this little video played. And if you played it all the way through, it said, hey, thank you for watching. If you register now, you can get two for one tickets. (laughs) Send a letter to Jason. (laughs) He'll wave it around for you. Oh, yeah, so uh, somebody send me a letter and I will exactly. wave it around at the next uh, Kelly Cube Tuesdays. But you'd have um, to know my address for that. Yes, right. So, ah, it's internet. Um, well, you don't have a home. So. Well, talking, talking of addresses, sorry, really quick story, which is quite fun. And I think you'll like this. We made a cartoon with my ex-wife uh, and we lived in Mauritius. And I asked the postman when we moved into the first house, when we got to Mauritius, what's the address? And he said, oh, there is an address. And I said, oh, and he said, oh, people just address letters to the, the person and I know where they live. So I just deliver it because it's this tiny little oh island. God. And I said, oh, can I make up my own address, please? And he said, yeah. And I looked around and I said, between the sea and the post office. He said, okay, that's your address. I was like, oh, can I change it to between the cemetery and the, the sea? And he said, no, you've chosen between the sea and the post office. That's it. You're not allowed to change anymore. This is your address. And, and then we, we had the idea, we, we basically told the parents to send the drawings their kids did of the cartoon characters to Buwan Kuala, Between the Sea and the Post Office, Mauritius. And, it, <laughs> and they it must have thought, you. yeah, yeah. And, and they must have thought, this is like sending it to like Father Christmas, the North Pole. Seriously, and, there's no it, real address. Yeah, and it got to us, Buwan Kuala, Between the Sea and the Post Office, Mauritius, <laughs> and that used to get to us. And, and you can imagine That's the parents awesome. going, wow, when we put it up on the site in this gallery. So anyway, there you go. So you can send a letter to Jason Barnard, Paris, France, and it will get to me. Yeah, surely it'll get there. <laughs> surely. Yeah, but I mean, you know, people like getting mail. It's not bills. Um, but what was cool about that is that they they then tied in their content marketing 
by they send an email that same day being like, hey, you should have gotten this thing. Mm. Um, you know, if you did email us and we will get this offer set up. Right. So mm. they tied it all together. So it wasn't something that if you didn't pay attention to that mailer and you you didn't like you didn't watch the video all the three, you wouldn't know about that two for one deal. So I just thought it was so brilliant because they tied in their content, they tied in their direct mail, um, and they did something that was actually really interesting. Um, I'm still sure. talking about it, right? Like I'm still talking about it. Yeah, no, and, and what strikes me is that they moved the offline online, which is kind yeah. of con- counterintuitive. Yeah. I remember men- mentioning that when we met uh, during that event, the SEMrush event, which I can't remember yeah. the name of. What was it? Big Marketing World global, global Marketing. Global Marketing World? It wasn't very memorable. Sorry, SEMrush. Um, the, the event was incredibly memorable and brilliant. Yes, it's it was. It was very good. <laughs> Uh, the idea of t- everyone thinks we'll oh, take the online offline, but in fact, Global Marketing Day. Thank you, Anton, who works for Samrush. Um, but taking the offline online and leveraging kind of what's happening offline in the real world is is yeah. kind of rare, but but probably very powerful. Yeah, it is, and, and you know, on that same in that same vein of like the online offline experience, like um, one thing I like a, another example that I think is really great is with this world that we're living in now, um, mm. you know, if, if you let's rewind back like six months, like before it was barren winter here in Boston and I was actually like going out and doing things, um, you know, the whole thing was like, if people wanted to go out to a restaurant, you know, it was, uh, like I, I really, I wasn't comfortable unless I knew what the protocols were at that restaurant, right? Like what was the outdoor seating like? What was the, what was the safety like? Well, if you're a restaurant, all you had to do was create a short video and throw it on your Facebook page or throw it on your Instagram page or throw it on your website saying, here's what we're doing, right? Or here are some pictures of our safety protocols. And now you're taking that offline world experience, putting it online for people who are searching for, Hey, What is the, should I go here? How am I going to feel comfortable? Like, what am I going to get? And, you know, I I didn't see a ton of that. But to me, it just felt like a real missed opportunity. Yeah, no, brilliant. Sorry, I love that because it's actually taking the offline, putting it online and then bring it back offline again. Exactly. And and anybody listening who's got a restaurant in Boston, it's not too late. (laughs) That's true, yeah. Yeah, it it turns out we're we're still in that similar place. (laughs) <laughs> that was Restaurants a bit of a... are starting to open back up where you can sit outside again. A hundred percent. So I, I, I love the idea of online, offline, bringing it all yeah. together. But I mean, it, once again, we're back into marketing, and that's what I like yeah. about where we're moving today. I think you're a marketer. Yeah. I'm more of an SEO. Um, yeah. But in fact, the <laughs> distinction between us is is now pretty much defunct. Well, that's exactly it. You know, I started like my, I started as an SEO, right? Like I started my first like Mm. few things, like first like conference presentations were on link building, right? Like just very, I was really into like link building. And then that kind of transition to like how I kind of got to this point is that sort of transition to like online PR. And I really liked that element of, you know, doing bylines and doing things that created you know, that, that press for you. Um, then that transition to content marketing because they're all tied together. It's all mm. tied together. But that's the thing is an SEO, you're not thinking, oh, I need to send a handwritten letter or I need to do this. But when you're talking to your team and you're thinking about how do I get links and how do I get people talking about me? Well, sometimes you got to be creative and it, and it goes beyond just writing a piece of content. 
Oh, and, and that idea of being creative, and let's come back to kind of creating content. I mean, wh- what is a good process for a company thinking, I need to create, create content? I mean, the, the knee-jerk reaction is, let's do a blog. You say to somebody, you write one blog post a week. If you deliver that, we're happy, and they never really think beyond that. That's pretty rubbish yeah. as, a, as a strategy. What <laughs> should they be doing? Sorry. I do apologize to anyone who's just I set like that, that up as their digital marketing strategy. <laughs> you just blew up people's whole world. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what what should we be doing? Yeah, well, I mean, my whole thing is like your content, every piece of content should have a goal. And, you know, it's not a matter of writing X amount of posts. It's like, what are those posts for? What are you writing them about? So, you know, it's almost if you're thinking about it from that SEO point of view, right? Like you have to look at it like, yes, there's going to be your SEO implications. There's going to be your sales implications. Um, you know, like I have a client who they couldn't write the post that we wanted them to write that's targeting a specific keyword and a specific audience because they have to get this piece of material out for their sales team. And that's totally fine. That piece of content has a goal, right? Like that piece of content is specifically made for a lead gen campaign that they need to do. So if you're thinking about it purely from like an SEO perspective, like one of the ways we back Mm -hmm. into it is once you know your keywords, then you're analyzing the search results to see what type of content do I actually need and or is it even worth my time, right? There's going to be cases where like you're never going to beat the public the, the sites that are up there. So let's move on to the next one. Or maybe you're writing a longer tail version of that, but your content has to be dependent on those things. And one of those goals might be like keyword visibility because you know that's reaching your target audience. So, you know, we kind of back into it from that perspective of, hey, let's look at the SERPs, figure out what's here, and then that'll dictate the type of content we need. Um, So we actually will do like an audit for clients to say, sorry, they'll say like, you know, this is like, you need a solutions page or features page, you need a, a PDF or you need a blog post. So it's really dependent on those things. But yes, don't, yeah, just write a post eat post a week. It'll be fine. <laughs> right. Okay. And just, just to be clear, you don't have to apologize to me for interrupting because I'm interrupting without without any thought or process or whatever that's called. Anyway, but I, that brings me to the point is they create the content for their sales team because the sales team is saying we need a features page to send our prospects to because we're explaining this over and over and over and over. Yeah. And it's much better for us to say, well, here's my take on it and I can go and read the facts within our exactly. features page isn't then one one possibility to say well let's look at the content we have to create for the teams around us and see how we can best package it for oh absolutely marketing. yeah absolutely so like let's take like that lead gen asset for example like they're publishing this thing it's targeting finance right it's their financial targeting their financial solution um but then we're taking that and we're creating a blog post from it right? We're optimizing the page for Mm. search. Um, And and then we're also like, here's ways that, you know, you can cut it up and and use the data from that book to be posted on social and and used in campaigns. So yeah, everything you do, like Ross Simmons, I don't know if like, if people are in content marketing, he is, he's amazing. Um, You know, he talks a lot about like repurposing content and how to do that in a way that like you're making the most of it. Um, can, can and you I say just, that name again? Uh, Ross Simmons. So it's at Ross Simmons on okay. Twitter. Um, and just just brilliant. I just love the way he talks about, you know, repurposing things and making sure that you're getting the most out of your content. Um, you know, because you're mm. right, like, people spend so much, you know, I think about like, I always use the example of like webinars, like, webinars can be great. Um, mm. But watch what, what you say. Yeah. <laughs> 
this is a, this is a podcast. Right? But, <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Totally. Fair enough. Yeah. So I'm safe. Um, but, you know, like I, people like what I always think about webinars is you get a thousand emails about this webinar, right? Mm-hmm. And then it happens and then you don't hear anything else about it. But like I had a client who went after their webinar, they had an email recap that was sent out to the people, everyone who registered, right? So even if people like weren't able to make it, they got the email re- recap that pointed to their blog post that they had posted. Then they took the webinar, they cut it up into clips based on certain topics. Then those went on to YouTube and then they're able to share those specific clips with their sales team. So they have like pages that are dedicated to specific topics that can be shared with the sales team. So it's a lot of work, but so is a webinar. Right. No, no, right. 100%. 100%, Sorry. (laughs) I'd just like to interrupt one moment. And Rui and Katrina, who actually deal with the, the the social media on this could you please write that list out for me because we need to make the most of it because we're not doing a very good job and it's my fault thank you very well, much it's just, I mean it's a lot it's a lot of work right but like you know I do think about how much time businesses spend like putting you know they'll put a, a webcast together where you know they have 10 sales executives well that's people's time that you know from from big companies that you could really take advantage of so just ways to do it no, a hundred percent. I mean, kind of. I, I kind of think, oh, I'd like to do that, but then yeah. I kind of think I don't have the resources. Yeah. And, yeah. And then there well, are lots of lots of services. Or oh, we'll automate it for you using AI. And most of them so far have been pretty rubbish. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, there is that. I mean, a lot of like the transcription services and things like that. Um, but it can be a start, right? So, and that's the mm. other piece. Like, you know, people think they can't. It's going back to like that technology piece. People think you know, I can't make, I can't make a video. So like, mm. you know, you mentioned earlier that there might be videos and searches. So I have a client who like they, they're, it's an actual e-commerce site. Um, and they sell like Marine equipment. Well, a lot of these SERPs are around how to like, how to install these certain boat parts and, and how to do that. Well, you know, mm. they're always saying like, well, we don't have, you know, we don't have the, we're not, what was the, I can't remember what the exact word was. Like, we're, no, we're no James Dean or something. I was like, oh, it was maybe a different time frame. Right. <laughs> like, their whole point was they weren't movie stars. I was like, you don't have to be, right? Like you right. don't have to be. Your phone, like phones are amazing for making videos these days, right? Like your iPhone, like the, the quality of an iPhone video now is unreal. Um, like the transitions you can make with like TikTok and things like that. Like you don't need this high powered equipment to make some of that content like video or, you know, even like thinking about doing a, a quick, you know, um, story, like you don't need a ton of equipment, like the accessibility is there. Um, and again, that goes with connecting to your customers on a human level mm. of being a person showing them how to do something versus just trying to write it down. Well, and that's another thing kind of with video. Um, after a year in lockdown, one would have thought that we would all be much more comfortable with it, but that doesn't appear necessarily to be the case. Yeah, I know. Maybe we're just tired of it. Tired oh, that's of a very good ourselves. point. <laughs> Six months ago, we, we, we were doing great, and now <laughs> right. we're just seriously tired of it. And right. but, So that, that is the next step kind of along is people say, okay, well, I've got the phone. I could make it, but I'm not comfortable on screen, mm-hmm. or I've got nothing to say, or you turn on the camera. I've, I've had this as a musician in the studio. You turn on the recording agreement, and you freeze. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that could happen. But surely in your company, there's someone who who feels okay doing it, you know, or even if it's, you know, I again, I have another client who 
they're making, um, they're doing an interview with like one of their bigger clients. We're writing the script for them. Right. right? Yeah. Like, so you can Ooh, have that, people write brilliant. the script. Yeah. Right. And so yeah, and so already you've done. already got, you've already then got the transcript for the, for the, for the repurposing right. later on and having a script yeah. reassures people. So that's a, that's a great idea. And, and, yeah. and it also gives you both the video and the, text which then allows you to do the yep. transcript write the blog posts and push little yep. chunks out and it's easier then to give it oh genius right okay let's start doing exactly. that now team my team <laughs> well and you know let's be real like no one's gonna stick to the like every no one's gonna read the script word for word but at least you know like here's how it can well, you shouldn't read the script word for word. Ooh, right, <laughs> it's okay. like when people stand up there and read their like bullet points you know like oh lord uh, so don't do that but it at least like keeps people on track and makes you feel more comfortable right okay well i mean the, the, i mean the thing is there are different styles as well i was watching somebody showing you how to make youtube videos i mean obviously you can write bullet points and just make up stuff around it you can give yourself an idea a lot of people get stuck and start hesitating and going mm, uh, mm, uh, mm, mm, which is really annoying and i try not to do it and the the other one is to actually have a script and to stick to it, but you then need a teleprompter. And right. it's a special skill to be able to read that and look yeah. like you haven't seen it before. <laughs> You're not and, reading it. <laughs> and yeah, and get that it, well, it's the intonation of it, getting it right, getting the mm -hmm. the, the, the push and the and the pull yeah. to make it sound like it's natural. Yeah. I mean, in some cases, I mean, think about it for a lot of different things. Like, you know, you were saying like, you know, your software that you're trying, you have a piece of software. Well, like I have a client, another client who they have a, a piece of marketing software and it's just, it's really complicated to talk about, right? Like when they talk about it, it just doesn't resonate. But when you do a video showing me a demo of how it works, right? Or you show like just a quick demo video Oh my gosh, like it it helps it's so much quicker. It makes me understand what you're selling, what the value is to me. And that can be done again with like a screen capture tool in 10 minutes, right? And there's not a ton of editing that has to be done. Um and, and so things like that, people just think like, oh, I don't really have the time to do that. Well, it gets the point a lot across a lot better than you writing a six-page yeah. brochure about your product. Yeah, I mean, I, nothing to do with this particular topic, but writing emails to explain to people what it is we need to do, how to organize things, is actually quicker just to sw switch on right. screen capture. I use Descript, right. which I think is great and has very good, um, what's it called, uh, transcripts from speech. I, I've been using it. It's really cool. But anyway, that, and, and I don't sell Descript. I just like it. Um, and I've been I've been recording videos to explain things, and it is so much faster. Is that the dog eating the table? Yes, yes. <laughs> eating her bones. For people listening, there's a dog has been walking backwards and forwards behind Casey throughout the entire show, and it is now chewing on the leg of the table. Yeah, she's well, uh, anyway. I have an eight eight month old eight month old golden retriever who has to be on me at all times <laughs> oh right okay is it going all right yeah. for going out for walks yeah 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 no um sorry <laughs> yeah no she likes it but she's i got her during quarantine right so like mm. she's only ever been in the house anyway so yeah anyway the dog dog stories yes. should, dog should, we, should we close up with content marketing and the customer experience? let's just talk about dogs yeah <laughs> Um, I mean, for, for me, what I take away from all this is we don't understand our customers in as much as we perhaps should. Google gives us lots of clues. 
we have a lot of technology that can give us more clues and we need to create our content around our customers, serving them in the place they are for the need they have, where they are, be it offline, online, or social, on your site, in email, on webinars, or on podcasts. Is that a fair summary? And you said you didn't understand it. <laughs> I only understand it now because you just explained it to me. Thank you yeah. very much, Casey. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you nailed it. That's it. I just think you know, and I specifically like to talk about this topic at shows that are geared towards search marketers mm. because their focus is always so much more on what's happening with search or how Google is going to understand it than how the customer is going to see it. And it's just a mind shift that we have to get to sooner. Yeah. And so, I mean, for, for, I, I've been saying this not for years. You've been saying it for years. I've only been saying it for six months or something. But you, you get that co the content, you make it for your customers, where they are, what they need, where in the situation they're in, and then you package it for Google in one way or another. And that's exactly. a great way to leverage Google to your advantage, not freak out when it stops sending you visitors, because you're getting the value from your content elsewhere. Yeah. Thank you very much, Casey. That was absolutely brilliant. Next week, really quickly, I'll just announce we have the wonderful Jano Van Breil, who will be talking about the advantages of structured data. That's going to be very geeky. If you're a geeky person, please do come along. Uh, if you're not, come along anyway, because it'll be fun. It'll be a fun conversation like this one. Thank you very much, Casey. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Casey. Thank you for having dog. me. <laughs> oh, can you sing that again? No. Oh. <laughs> no one wants to hear that. <laughs> Thanks a lot.